0: Today's guest is a nationally known talk show host. Think I feel intimidated much? Actually, I told him I was going to be intimidated. He couldn't have been kinder, so I'm really looking forward to this whole thing. Listen, we're definitely taking a trip to Texas today on the podcast. I I don't think I could say it any other way. If you've spent any time in Texas, as I have, you absolutely know the call letters WBAP. You probably know them, even if you ain't in Texas, as they say. Legendary call letters, a legendary cluster of media brands in one of the super major markets in the U.S. You can get interested in that pretty quick, right? Our guest today is the midday talk show host and talent on WBAP. And listen, Casey, that's his name, has some deep experience in our business that you and I can learn from. So, of course. That's an ideal person for us to talk with. On The Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, are you ready? Listen, to enjoy any of our episodes, you only need to be interested in others and want to grab some thoughts and wisdom about how others are being successful in radio right now. Welcome to The Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. What you are about to hear will be focused on lifting you up Giving you good advice, hearing the stories from some uh, an amazing radio pro, and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. My name is Lloyd Ford from Rainmaker Pathway. If you're in radio today, you know this. You're likely doing more than one job, or even more than two jobs. You need something extra to help you. We are not consultants. We are a multiplier that works with local radio to help people just like you grow more value in their from their time and their efforts. The work we do is focused on both sides of the business, increasing the value you get from just having us on your team. So look, do you want to grow more revenue? Are you positioned to collect the most revenue in your market how can we help programming and sales strategy and creating work culture that grows revenue and value that's what we do the great sports teams they have excellent offenses and defenses it takes both to be a consistent winner Our first consultation is free, and we're market-exclusive for radio. Tell us your problems. We're listening, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events, and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. We're just about a minute, probably less, actually, uh, away from talking with Casey Bartholomew. He is the midday talent on WBAP in Dallas, and we're so excited to have him here. See our full guest calendar all the way into late April right now. Yes, we do schedule ahead, and you can do that anytime on our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com. We don't lock away anything on our site the way some other consultants do, so go to RainmakerPathway.com anytime. See what you can get for free from our team. Casey, welcome to the Encouragers and the Radio Rally, how are you, sir?
1: Very good. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing all right. I ain't in Texas, but it's going to be okay.
1: <laughs> so well, I'm happy to be here. Thanks so much for having yeah, me. Yeah,
0: we're, we're so thrilled to have you, especially, you know, I said that thing to you earlier before we started this. I'm like, I'm a little intimidated to talk to somebody who's been associated <laughs> with all these call letters and, and you do talk, which I think if you die and go to heaven, not hell, <laughs> But if you die and go to heaven, you have to have a job, and you were in radio. I think they send you to do heaven's talk radio because that's like—is <laughs> it not? It's the
1: real thing, right? It's one hundred percent. You know, from uh, at the top of the hour to the top of the hour, you're you're all you're you're all out there, you're all hanging out there, and that's why I love it. So
0: yeah, you don't have a four-minute record to throw on. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: So, there have been times I wish I did. <laughs> but oh, uh, no. Nice. It's, it's like uh, if things aren't going well, then I've got to fix it on the fly. And if things are going great, there's nothing more fun. So.
0: so it's just like if things are not going well, it's like you're on a football team. I don't know if you ever had this experience. I did uh, where you're on a team that's not winning and you know that there are three more quarters and you're just <laughs> you're just watching the clock go boom. And you're like, come on, man.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there are some of those days when you're on the air. And a couple of months ago, I had one. I just told my wife. I said, my mouth and my brain were not friendly with each other today. It just wasn't working. And I still had to do the whole show. You know, still had to do the whole show. So, Oh, yeah. You don't get the the day off, right? Nope. (laughs) Nope. I can't say, let's play a song. I can't say, let's put on a tape. And, you know, that's not to downplay anybody in music. I, I, I didn't survive music radio. So there's a, there's a skill to that as well.
0: Well, oh, that's interesting. Okay. So let's go. I, I love, I call it the way back machine. Please tell us <laughs> where you're from and about your first experience with radio and your first experience in radio.
1: Oh gosh. I'm from Orange County, California, the land of uh, Disneyland and Knott's Berry Farm. So I grew up in the shadow of LA. And I, my parents always had the radio on when we were in the car. My two brothers and I, we would drive around and the radio would always be on. And I always liked that idea. I always, I'm the youngest child. So I always liked, you know, attention and things like that. And I always liked making people laugh, but I'm also painfully shy. So I don't like being stared at. And once I realized that radio people sat in a dark room by themselves and nobody was glaring at them, I thought, that's awesome. I want to do that. And I heard I, I didn't really think about it as a career until I was 13 years old. And um, I'm sure you're familiar with Rick Dees. Yes. Um, I listened to Rick Dees in his heyday on Kiss in the uh, early 1980s. And I was mesmerized by him and uh, what he did on the air. I thought that was just the most fun that a human being could have. And I decided right then and there that that's what I want to do. I want to be on the radio. Uh, before that, I had no idea. And from the time I was 13, I would tell everybody I'm, I'm going to be on the radio. Uh, I didn't know how to do it. But I'm going to be on the radio. And I would listen to him every morning on the way to school and still had no idea how to do it. No clue how one got into radio. Um, and one day, it was actually Valentine's Day of 1986. I was in my car and I heard a uh, radio station in Anaheim, California. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was uh, 95.9 KZY. And uh, the uh, commercial set was on and the uh, announcement came on. And, hey, have you ever thought about getting into radio? We're looking for interns at 95.9. And I just happened to be right by the radio station. So I thought, what the hell? I don't know what else to do. So I drove over there and 16 years old. And I walked into the uh, office and I said, Uh yeah, I uh, heard the announcement. and I want to be a, on the radio. <laughs> and they said, oh, hang on right there. Now, this was in the 1980s. So I'm pretty sure it was the owner of the station who came out and said, oh, yeah, great. We're always looking for interns. Come on back. And that was my first time in a radio station. And that was my first time in a in a booth and you know they walked back there and they introduced me to the midday guys He was andy stevens and the studio was dark and there were just the floodlights on but they were dim and uh the carts were all over the place and you know there were no cds or computers or anything yet and there was a turntable in there and It never did this this reaffirm for you.
0: This is the dark room I've been waiting for.
1: This is, I thought, this is the coolest thing I have ever seen. And uh, I got to stand there quietly while he was, you know, doing, you know, talk ups and things like that. And I thought, this is, this is it. I was hooked. And, um, and that from that day on, I, I never, um, there was never, a year in my life where i hadn't spent time you know some time in the radio probably not even a month uh from that point on where i wasn't at some radio station somewhere doing something whether i was getting paid or not Um, well uh, well
0: so hmm. let's let's do the split here Hmm. uh did you think at that moment during those times you're listening to rick d's obviously Rick is on a music station. Yeah. You know, did you think I'm going to be Rick D's? Did you think I'm going to be one of the talents on a music station? Or were you thinking, uh, I really want to do talk?
1: I wanted to be a DJ. I wanted to do uh, music radio. I had no I, talk radio. The only talk radio I had heard up until then was very bland, very boring, um, very, um, you know, all right. Today, we're going to interview the author of this book on local Southern California restaurants and find out his choices for a happy holiday meal. And, and that was it. And it was just I, I had no interest in that. That was for old people. Um, all and the good
0: old days. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And I was going to you know, I was going to play music and I was going to spin the hits and I was going to give concert tickets away and all things I did for years for probably four years. Uh, for, yeah, yeah four, four and a half years. Um, I worked around the periphery of, of Los Angeles. Um, did some work in orange County, uh, went out to, uh, the, uh, Antelope Valley, which is where Edwards air force base is, which is the Mojave desert, which oh, is yeah, the middle of, not the middle of nowhere, but you can see it from there. And I, I went wherever I could get a job and I didn't care about format. I didn't care about, um, I didn't care about uh, how much money I was making. I was just having fun. And I I played a lot of uh, CHR music. I played a lot of Christian music. I worked on a few Christian stations. And that was not, I didn't even like Christian music, but my last name is Bartholomew. And I think they saw yes. that. <laughs> I think they saw that. I think they, I, I sounded competent on the air. And I they thought, oh, Casey Bartholomew, great. Let's put him on the air. So I, I did a lot of that and um it was just i was i was having fun and i was uh, for a long time i was still in high school so um hey. and i giving i went to an all boys catholic high school in bellflower california it's uh, called saint john bosco uh and i am not catholic so i don't know why i ended up in religious radio i don't know why i ended up in a catholic school but i did um and these guys you know if you're in an all boys school there's a lot of testosterone and a lot of people don't get along and i didn't use my name i was uh, i used different names on the i didn't use my last name uh so all these guys at school would call me um who didn't like me and tell me how awesome i was <laughs> and i was giving them concert tickets and playing their songs and they would go into school on monday because it was just a weekend jock. and uh then they would still hate me but they had no idea that i had given them tickets to see whoever tiffany or whoever no wait <laughs> wait but you didn't tell them Nope, no I didn't trying want to,
0: to leverage the job. Nope.
1: nope didn't want to I wasn't looking for that. I was it was for me. I was having fun. Uh I also didn't want I thought if I tell them they're gonna call and harass, you know, on the air at night, you know, oh, right, Saturday. Right, right. I'm not gonna have to. you know, I'm not gonna be able to deal with that. And if, if the the converse of that would be, hey, you know, get me tickets to fine young cannibals or whoever <laughs> and if I yeah. didn't they would hate me again yeah. because I wasn't giving them so I just didn't tell him. Um, okay, and, so
0: before before this next question, I get the joy huh. of telling you that I was I'm from Louisiana originally, <laughs> uh-huh. and so I I was born on the Bayou Bartholomew. Mm. So so this is just another tie <laughs> radio, and you know Bartholomew. There so you go. Listen, you mentioned this. You said four four and a half years, but then there was a turn or something. What happened
1: after that period of time? I had one of my early mentors was Fullerton College in Fullerton, California, not Cal State Fullerton. This is a junior college. Mm -hmm. They had a fantastic radio program. They have an on-air radio station. It's 90.1 FM KBPK. And um, I went there, even though I was working commercially, I still still thought I needed to get a degree and more training in radio. And I was just trying to get my hands on any experience i could any things i didn't know how to do and they had a program there and i was involved in it and i was involved in the radio station and one of my mentors was a guy named jim bain um and he's since passed away but he um he liked me and he just saw something in me and a job came up at kfi uh and at that point i had never heard of kfi uh in la and he said, "Go down there, call this woman, tell her you want to apply for the job." And I said, "Okay." So I called her. Her name was Ann Warner, and I called her up, and she said, "Oh yeah, come on down to the radio station for a job, and you know, I for the interview." And I said, "Okay." So I drove up to Koreatown in Los Angeles on my little Ford Escort, and um, got in there, and you know, had a tie on and everything like that. And I had never heard KFI. KFI was not, it was like 24th in the market or something at the time. It was not the way Wait, 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 company. wait,
0: wait. You're going to a job interview and even going into the job interview, you had not heard
1: the station? Not heard the station, nope. um Lovely. listen to it on the way in. Oh, I see, okay, good, good. And I was sitting in the, they had a little, in the building in Koreatown, they're in Burbank now, but in the building in Koreatown, they had a little lobby and it had a little enclave off to the side where there were pictures of the talent on the wall, and I was just, and I had to sit there, I got, I, I timed it poorly, this was in the days before GPS, so I was guessing how long it would take me to get there, so I got there early, and I just sat there, and I looked at all the pictures on the wall, and I didn't know who any of these people were, uh, I had listened to Rush Limbaugh on my way in, and I, nobody knew who Rush was yet, um, and I was just looking at, it. and so we had a nice interview, and we got along really well, and she said, so I assume you listen to the radio station, and I said, oh yeah, all the time, <laughs> she said who do you like and i said oh uh, I, uh on my way to school i'll listen to t and t in the morning and then you know of course rush and you know uh i listen to him on the way up here and uh, you know i'm driving around the afternoons. So i'll listen to tom likas and you know the all this stuff it was just old face lies well, you were <laughs> so, basically
0: hawkeye from uh, mash then Yeah. you're just making it up on the fly
1: making it up as i went and so she put me in a production studio and said hey you know do all this you know record this psa do this put music under it put it on a cart and then you know uh come find me in the back and i said okay and i knew how to do all that stuff because i'd been working in radio stations for four i was i think i was 20 i'd been working in radio stations for four years now so i knocked it out like quick uh really quick and i came back there and i I think i had done it faster than anybody else who had, had applied and she said, oh, that's great. And I, I got the job. And uh, I was, um, you know, so I was suddenly working in talk radio. And um, no idea what talk radio was, what it was supposed to be. And honestly, at that point, I don't think talk radio really knew what it could do. Um, the, the big station in the market for talk was KABC. And they were just boring. I mean, they were like that old guy talk at the time. Um, yeah, that was just, you know, and, and that's what talk radio usually was, and, you know, um, David G. Hall had just been hired as the program director at KFI. And he was really kind of revolutionized the format. I think somebody, you know, somebody mm-hmm. somewhere is going to say, not him. It was this guy. But no, I re- <laughs> for me, I was I'm not trying to offend anybody. For me, it was David Hall at KFI. And, you know, it was it was all about um, imaging the station and um this is what the station is and we find hosts that fit the image of the station and over Mm. at kbc they were just kind of a bunch of different shows that were on the same frequency and kfi was just a you know it took a little while to get there but he was just hiring people that had the right image the right attitude the right personality the right presentation and all that stuff was great it was that was i've had fun at every stage I've been at in radio. I've had a good time. Um, But like I said, when I got there, I think we were 24th in the market. And within a year and a half, two years, we were second or third, if not first, uh, because- That's just money right there. That was just, that was so much fun. And I remember we were in the building with the Coast, um, huge FM AC station at the time. And we went to the, you know, we went to the ratings parties and we (laughs) sat in the back near the bathroom door. (laughs) Um, Of course you did. (laughs) Coast Coast was number one in the market, like far and away. And we were just there. And every day we went to work, we thought coast is going to take over our frequency and simulcast. And then we're all fired Um, because KFI is, you know, 50,000 watt clear channel station. You hear it in every one of the Western United States uh when the sun goes down it was phenomenal and so we were always afraid of that and then when we ate dirt just like anytime the anytime something needed to be done if we needed to do a traffic report well the fm needs them so they get it so and then you saw that shift where oh we're gonna have a ratings party and suddenly the fm people well i'm not going to it because the the am is the only one they care about right it's like (laughs) But look, those
0: to be a part of a rise like that is is so so
1: much fun. 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 So much fun. I mean, it was just, we, and David, and I, you know, David, like I said, is the guy who really revolutionized talk radio, I think. Um, How did um, he deal with
0: you? How did he take you from that kid who knew how to do the stuff
1: to being, well, you? David was great at hiring talented people and putting them on the air, putting them in a position and letting them do. I don't think I ever heard David say no. You know, if you had an idea, it was always give it a shot, you know, give it, Mm -hmm. try it. You know, and the the first time I weaseled my way on the air on uh, KFI was with a promotional event. I mean promos before before i really started doing things were all you know and tomorrow morning on this show we're going to talk about this this and this so be sure to tune in and even when kfi would really take off that's what they were and i started making them little 15 second funny bits um and i would they were sarcastic and they were self-deprecating and they made fun of the radio station and they made fun of the hosts and you know I, I even got written up for those in uh i think it was united airlines magazine an, an airplane magazine did an article i have it somewhere um where they just you know they just thought these are funny and you know we were playing at the end of the breaks and you know people were hanging around through the commercial breaks just to hear well, the promos gonna, at the end
0: look i'm gonna take a break for just a second and, and run the tape back you remember the old <laughs> days yes <laughs> you just said something interesting because several times, more than several times, you talked about how this radio station is fun. Now you've introduced a fun element yeah. that is is as far from the old days as you can get. Yep. Was yep. the radio station
1: fun? Yeah, the radio station was a ball. I mean, you had you had Rush in his in his heyday. I mean, just right off the bat when he had a thirteen share and he was making fun of people and he was having fun and you know eventually we got Bill Handel who's still there in the morning and Handel was a riot and he had a morning crew on the on KFI in the morning uh, a bunch of people that did song parodies I mean this all on talk radio this stuff was just unheard yeah. of on talk radio and they were doing them live in the studio and it was just fun and then Rush would come on and he was fun and dr laura before she became nationally syndicated yeah. she was there and she so you this know, was the, look football. this was
0: this was an announcement of a new kind of talk. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah it was really groundbreaking um and you know and that was what it was david you know hired talented people and the people in the morning show the people in the middays. he got john and ken who were great um mentors and great friends of mine to this day in the afternoon and um he uh he i mean and then in the evenings they had stephanie miller uh at one point wait, uh, but,
0: but you became one of the pictures on the wall
1: yeah well my picture never got on the wall but i got there yeah i got i got known they put the you know i i had a publicity photo but I, was, I had gotten to the point where I was doing... The, the O.J. Simpson trial was huge for KFI. Oh, my and God. During the John and Ken show, they did the Hour of O.J., they called it. It was 5 o'clock every day. And uh, I was... Um, well, I don't remember where I was. I was at work. I was working at the Fox Television Network because I did promotions writing for them, too. Um, not Fox News, just the Fox TV Network. Got it. And David called me on the first day of the OJ Simpson trial. And so we've got this idea. We want a 60 second obnoxious monotone cut out all the breaths uh, commentary on the OJ trial. And I said, okay. And he said, can you do that? And I said, I don't see why not. And I had no idea what I was going to do. And so I so to um, answer those
0: kind of questions.
1: So I, I, I figured the worst thing that could happen is I don't do it right. And they either tell me how to fix it or they don't. Uh, they, they just blow up the idea, but, I came to work that day, and I wrote a 60-second uh, humorous commentary. I did it all in monotone, and it was like, thanks, John and Ken, today in the O.J. Simpson murder trial, we're talking about that, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I chopped out all the breaths, so it sounded like it was just one 60-second thing. And it blew up. It's probably going to be on my tombstone uh, oh. one day. I mean, I, they found that there was a spike in the ratings at 535 every day when this thing would air and um i was just uh, it made me you know uh, uh, uh just below like the main host just below your john and Kens and bill handles and from local hosts i was probably a known. Yeah. And, and look people people younger people don't know
0: how omnipresent that oj simpson thing was it was phenomenal
1: you know, yeah. it's not so, just me. You know, and so I'm going to shift involved.
0: gears here a little bit and talk about your career and how it developed. And okay. and this is what I'm really interested in. When did you feel that you started to take more of a deliberate strategy on where you work and what you want to do versus just working somewhere?
1: Um, when I was working at KFI. I, I loved what it was. I loved what the station was doing. Everybody on the station got along. It was so much fun. And w- at one point, I said, Hey, you know, I went to David and said, Hey, I'd like to try a talk show or some, somebody quit, somebody on the weekend quit or got fired or something. And um, I, David was just there and I, and they were talking about it. I said, How about letting me do it? And he said, Okay, because that was David. <laughs> You know, solve the you problem to do it. immediately. Yeah. Now, now you want to do it. Now you got to go do it. So I did it, and I I came up. You know, I I asked another guy if he wanted to do it with me, and we we got together. It was the Scott and Casey show, and we um started doing the show, and we did that for a couple of years. And it was really when it started off, it was a joke. I mean, we were just goofing off. It was just a couple of twenty something guys goofing off on the radio. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I got more, David kind of worked with us and I didn't realize it at the time, but he was slowly guiding us into doing a real talk show. It was basically like, get all that college frat boy BS out of your system. And now this is what we're going to do. And, and it really became kind of this, you know, humor issues, entertainment kind of thing. And it clicked for me then that that's really what I wanted to do And I don't know if there's ever been anything deliberate about where I wanted to work. But wait, wait, hmm. Uh,
0: uh, David.
1: Yeah, he believed in you. You felt that. Oh, from the from the day I met David. uh, I mean, he didn't know who the hell I was. It was you got that feeling from him, and it wasn't just me. I mean, everybody who worked at KFI, if you had skill. Uh, he, you know, it was one thing about David, I always say, and I don't know if he views it this way, but I say he trusted me, uh, mm. you know, with that OJ thing that became huge. I mean, I made it, I got voice work, you know, and I, I got, I made so much money and got so much exposure over that thing. And mm. he called me one day. It wasn't, it wasn't even a five minute telephone conversation. It was like, this is what we want to do. Can you do it? And I also knew that when David asked me if I could do it, the answer was yes. You know, he needed the answer to be yes. So, right, so, it
0: out. So. so let's talk about this. What's the difference between programming and being a pure on-air talent in talk?
1: <laughs> programming is so much paperwork and so much time wasted. I, I, uh, you know, I loved being. So you just TV. said programming is terrible. When you're the program director, um, most places, not everywhere, but most places. Um, you get to sort of conceptualize the station and go, this is what I want it to be. And then you get to go to the talent. You get to say, okay, this is what I want. And you constantly reinforce that. But at the end of the day, you have to trust them to do it. And you have to pay attention to that. And that's about probably 50% of the job. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to make it sound entertaining and fun because I, you know, the format right now, the talk radio format right now, in my personal opinion, nationwide is kind of stale. Mm -hmm. Um because people aren't trying to have fun anymore people are trying to be political and Mm. what they're doing is they're all saying the same thing in the same way to the same people And they're not trying to really broadcast i mean and that is boring to me and uh, Mm. you know everybody is just you know it's like i i i will talk about politics When I think politics matters, they catch heat from this Um, and it's cost me jobs. And I've never been fired for it, but um, I haven't gotten jobs because they've said I wasn't political enough. And um, when in fact I'm political when it's necessary, I'm political when it matters. Usually it doesn't. Usually, I'm talking about things that are happening, like in Dallas, road rage is through the roof. I was talking about that. I was talking about violence in schools today, and I engage the audience in that because I want to hear what people have to say about, you know, how you're going to solve, you know, so much fighting going on in school. Listen, and do you love that engagement with people right. who just call? Love it. I absolutely love it. And I don't mind being wrong. And that's why, you know, you see more people doing politics and they're just, they are all just repeating the same lines over and over. I, when I worked in Columbia, Missouri, I was program director and I had to hire a new morning show. And I wanted to shoot myself in the head with all of the tapes I got. Oh, I say tapes and audio files now. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I would click on it and they would all be saying the exact same thing the exact same way and they all think that when rush died now is their chance you know Can i say (laughs) something about
0: this and see if this resonates with you okay Uh, when people become successful when a thing becomes successful it becomes the status quo and then people stop innovating around it and then of course the next thing that happens is the public listeners move on yeah and then you don't
1: yeah you know i'm still here yeah. <laughs> um i think we're right. seeing that a lot in talk radio is that we've gotten afraid of um fi- we've gotten afraid of trying to find a a, a new audience a younger audience yeah. in favor of protecting the old audience, the old audience. and the old yeah. audience the old only cares old. about conservatism and You know donald trump had the election stolen and you know the COVID is a joke and all this kind of stuff when you know okay but you're not getting any new listeners i mean you're not bringing anybody new into your radio station and i like it because you're not doing anything innovative or new you're not being entertaining you're not having fun my god i had when i was trying to hire I, i i thought about copywriting the phrase um, the daily show for conservatives because 20 people sent me, <laughs> sent me of course dollars. they're all the daily show for conservatives. And I was like oh you like the daily show no I hate the daily show well then why do you want to be the daily
0: show right
1: <laughs> you know? so, so
0: listen let's talk about stations because I'd love this with you uh, talking about stations that you where you've been on the air is absolutely uh-huh. freakish so, and I'm only <laughs> I'm only gonna touch on this. So KFI, Los Angeles, WABC, New York, WPHT, Philly, WMAL, Washington, D.C., WLS, Chicago, (laughs) KGO, San Francisco, uh, Cairo, as I know it, Seattle, uh, K-O-G-O, San Diego, WIOD, Miami, (laughs) WKRK, Detroit, KMOX, St. Louis, uh, KCMO, Kansas City, uh, KFYI Phoenix and WDBO Orlando. How are these experiences now I know that some of these are fill in or what, but I don't care because I haven't been on all these call letters. How are some of these experiences either always different or are they always similar to you?
1: Well to me they're similar. Uh, I love okay. all the stations but you know my job is to put on an entertaining talk show it doesn't matter if i'm on in fresno uh it doesn't matter if i'm on in. If i've been on in new zealand uh if, if I, it doesn't matter where i'm on the air my job is to do an entertaining informative fun easy to listen to talk show so well, i'm glad you best- said that yeah because idiot.
0: because look i i i'm just gonna do this i'd hate to break in on you but When you said, I don't care where I am, I don't care what I'm doing, it's got to be this kind of thing. You've even appeared on ESPN in Pittsburgh.
1: (laughs) Was it fun for you to do sports? I think I was being played with that. There's a a friend of mine. uh, Well, A friend of mine is Greg Henson, and he was the program director there. He actually took over for me in uh, Detroit. Everybody thinks we hate each other, but we don't. And uh, he's a good guy. And he called me and he said, hey, do you want to do the sports show? And I said, I can't do sports radio. You people can quote, you know, who played first base for the Washington Senators on Tuesday in May, 1956. I can't do that stuff. He said, he said, I'm stuck. I need somebody. So uh, just come on the air. Just just do your best and come on the air. It was right around Christmas. He goes, I'm just stuck. And I need somebody. It's a two hour show. And he said, and I'll pay you this much money. I don't even remember what it was. And I said, OK. I said, but I'm doing this as a favor to you. I have no aspirations for sports radio. And he said, he said, I appreciate it. I just need you. I said, OK. And then I think he did this deliberately because and I think he was messing with me. I don't think he was being mean. I think it was funny. You know, um, he, he calls me like 10 minutes before I'm about to go on the air. And he said, you good to go? And I said, "Yeah, I'm good to go." He goes, "Okay. Oh, by the way, the show is called Penguins Talk. Just talk about penguins all day." I go, "What?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's like three minutes from the air. And I think, and the reason I think it was intentional, uh, and he was messing with me, is because <laughs> I don't know if you've ever tried to pronounce any names of hockey players. The, those consonants <laughs> don't go to met, together to make any words. So I immediately—I was trying to do the right thing. So I immediately got online. And I found some stories about the penguins, and I kind of had to cold read them. And in cold reading Czechoslovakian names, it was ridiculous. So I made it about 15 minutes, and I I, uh, texted Greg a vulgar text, and I just started doing a regular sports show. Oh,
0: good for you. (laughs) I just say good for you. But listen, here's what's interesting about you to me. I've gotten this vibe since the begin since the first question. Okay, mm. Phil Hartman. Now, uh, I'm saying you kind of strike me as having some of those abilities. You're this LA guy. You went on KFI. You're doing these things for them that are really
1: creative. Wow. Maybe God.
0: that's a you know. You could do
1: worse, right? Yeah, I do not take that as a compliment. I have a, very, a great compliment. I love Bill Um Absolutely. Um, I, you know, I, I'm never going to put myself in that league, good Lord. Um, I just have always viewed this as, um, God, what a great job and how much yeah. fun. I don't ever feel, even on my worst day as a talk show host, and everybody has had those days, like I said a couple of months ago, like talking to my wife, it was not happening today. You know, things weren't were gelling, and those happen every so often. Everybody has to put up with it, but I never didn't have fun. I've always been able to turn the mic off uh, when I've done a bad show and laugh at myself. And all right, all right. so, you know, so listen, you you have all this
0: passion and excitement and you love our business. Love I mean, it. look, dude, you love being in a studio. You love oh, yeah. walking in a studio, listening around, and I'm I'm sure you hear what is being done out there. Do you feel like there's enough coaching for talent today?
1: <sighs> I'll tell you what I think about that. Uh you know I I, I said what um because because coaching Coaching and uh, sort of uh, direction, I think, are two different things because everybody is so afraid of trying anything. And I I keep going back to David Hall about that. He just was fun and having fun and trying, um, trying things. And if it failed and, you know, not everything that David tried worked, most of it did, but not everything. And I think right now everybody, you know, I lost out on jobs and I'm not going to say where, because I don't want to insult anybody who got those jobs. But, you know, I, I was, I was probably the most prolific fill-in talk show host in the country, probably ever when I was doing fill-in because I just kind of decided to do my own thing. I was enjoying it and I got to be on all those stations and I would go on and I, and I would get no direction. They would just be like, because basically, it was just like, I need the VU meter moving while these people are on vacation, so go do it. So I got to be on all these great stations, and I did a lot of great shows, and I had a lot of fun. But when it came to actually hiring somebody, people would talk to me about things, and I wasn't always interested, but sometimes I would be, and um, it would come down to, they. I would get to the very end, and then they wouldn't hire me because they would hire the latest guy who was... Talking about Barack Obama's failure as a president, and I'm going to tell you why. You know, radio um, show,
0: conservative
1: radio, exactly. <laughs> all of them, and I heard all of them, and none of them were funny. <laughs> but, right. uh, but none they of them were entertaining, right? Yeah, none of them, and that's yeah. that. That's the, the loss there. That's not entertaining. I mean, that can be entertaining, but it usually isn't. But uh, so they would hire, and they wouldn't hire me, and they would hire the la- the latest guy who was, okay, so, um, you know, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, what cowards, you know, just whatever the party line, and, and the thing that makes me sad about those shows is that they all sound the same, because they're all saying the, the exact same thing, because they all go to the exact same places to get their stories. Well, Um, now that
0: brings me to an interesting subject for you, and I want you to teach a little bit here. I know that I just said that Phil Hartman thing, and that was a compliment, and now I said I want you to teach, so I'm sure you're ready to kill me. Uh, (laughs) Can you walk us through your prep these days? And I'm going to combine these questions. Is prep material more important, or is it more important what you do with it? Because things have changed. Let's just Gosh, have that's the a great material. question.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, uh, I, you, know, you always need to have a starting point for your show. Talk radio yes. is what it is, and it's always about whatever X issue is. So there always has to be the starting point. Um, the other day, uh, I was talking about somebody wants to bring back the, the firing squad for um, the, the death penalty and i just loved that i thought that was hilarious so i start off with that as a serious thing and it's it's that's the topic that's where i go but then my job i feel is to entertain people and make people feel like when they're listening to my show they enjoyed it they had fun they smiled they learned something so that tomorrow they will listen again and so the the simple answer to your question is that uh, it's not a simple answer <laughs> because right. you have to have the issues, and the you know if somebody like you know I, I knock people for doing all politics because I find that lazy and boring, you know yeah low hanging um, fruit exactly you know and no matter what you think politicians simply don't do something interesting every day <laughs> it just doesn't happen or most mm. days um, so you've got to find that thing to start with whatever that thing is. But then you've got to present it in the way that people will enjoy and have fun. I love it when people call me and interact with me and, are, and we're laughing and we're making jokes because that's how people talk. You know, people don't sit down together. You know, when you're with your friends, and this is the way I always think of it in my head. When I sit down with my friends, I don't go. Well, so Joe Biden spent uh, four million dollars shooting down balloons that cost twelve dollars from Party Central, and I was wondering, you know, uh what what President Reagan had done, because that's not how people talk, you know, that, that's and true. that's the way it sounds on the radio. I'm talking about, yeah, let's not waste, you know, shoot the guys It's a bullet, you know, bullets are cheap, they're everywhere. You probably find them behind the seat, you know, and just start, shoot, you know, and, and having fun, and people will call and. Sometimes people will admonish me about uh, you know how you're not taking this seriously, and you know I'll play with that. I mean, it's all yeah. it's all about having it's all about being entertaining, and that is the one thing that I think we're in danger of losing in talk radio. And some people were, I mean, my God, did you ever hear Phil Henry? Oh my God! My oh my God! God, love him. That is. I mean, I was lucky enough when he was at KFI, I was working at KFI to That's watch crazy. him. And he didn't care if you sat there and watched him either. No. Nope. But he would do that. And the way he's doing all the voices, And my God, <laughs> that was, no you know, kidding. when you have guys like that, I mean, you can even go back and talk, look at Gene Shepard. I mean, Gene Shepard, for those of you who don't know, he, he wrote a Christmas story. Uh, and right. that's his voice as the narrator in the Christmas story. That's a radio guy. And he did that on the radio. And I've heard old tapes about that. And when I hear that, I'm surprised they even let somebody like me listen to the radio. I shouldn't even be allowed to listen right. to a radio right. that that guy's been on. But the, the, the thing that is often missing
0: is the ability to say let's go do something that hasn't been done or let's try things yes. maybe they don't work so what yeah,
1: then you know, what I mean? <laughs> you know
0: don't repeat
1: it at least you tried you know all right and so
0: so look i i want to ask you this and uh, i only have two more questions for you so oh, okay. be on your best behavior all right uh, number one how much does the does the business of radio play in your career? In other words, how engaging are you with the sales department, with business, the business end of the of, of the business today?
1: You have to be. I mean, that's just, you know, I've I've worked with so many people and I've worked at radio stations where the salespeople aren't allowed on our floor, the salespeople aren't allowed in here. And you know, you don't want salespeople coming in and out of this studio when you're trying to work, but that's where the money comes from. You know, the, the, the business is is more businesslike than it was when I started. I mean, you know, you watch WKRP, you know, that's where people get their their <laughs> or, or private parts. And I think Stern is an absolute genius. But too many people watch that movie and thought that that's really how it's done. And that's not really how it's done.
0: So, well, you um, know what? It, it Look, somebody like Stern, he is more than the stuff that's getting attention. Yeah. He has so much his best, interview style the best is
1: interviewer is ever. The ever absolute best interviewer ever the most yes. comfortable the most casual and and, will willing. Like, and willing and willing to mm-hmm. ask the questions and people who come on his show know they have to answer you know the 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 i mean and it works for him and it's great you know obviously howard stern doesn't need any career advice from me uh, but my God, and, and by the way, so by the casual. way, have you seen the
0: 13 minute Howard Stern staff meeting? No. On YouTube. Oh, yeah. Apparently the rumor is they keep pulling it down. They keep pulling it down, but people keep putting it up. And it's That's very a- interesting because he talks about what's important. Yeah. Beyond I mean, being Howard Stern, he's like, nobody cares. We need these things.
1: Yeah. yeah, and you know, he is, I mean, he sounds so casual, and he doesn't, but he doesn't he's not, seem like this. oh my God, look around, you know what I always tell people, if you watch his video, if you watch the videos, if you get a chance to see the video, like watch that video that he did with, uh, uh, it was on HBO Max with Bruce Springsteen, mm-hmm. don't watch him, don't watch what he's doing, look around him, there's papers, and there's information, and there's computer screens up, there he knows ex- he is a genius and he knows exactly what he's doing absolutely we can all learn from that absolutely and you know the yeah. the, pro- the pro like i said it, it, it was it was um i hate to say this because i'm not I, I think he's the the best in the business but the disservice that howard probably did to everybody is when he made that movie and Because after that, you know, I was in the business, and I saw these people come in and say, "Just shut the f up and let me do my thing," and blah blah blah. It's like, okay, you're making the mistake in thinking that that was a documentary you just watched, and it wasn't. Right, right. And you're also making the mistake in thinking that you're Howard Stern, and you are not.
0: (laughs) Well, and and look, this I think this is true in a lot of professions, but especially in high performance. Performance roles, okay. Think about the NFL. You know they have a a phrase for the NFL, but it doesn't stand for National Football League. It stands Uh for not for long. (laughs) And the reason the reason it stands for not for long is because these kids come up, they come into the NFL, and they think it's the stuff that happens on Sunday. Yeah, but it isn't. No, it's so it's you know somebody like a Tom Brady, and I mean, look, you could name a bunch of people. Yeah. But not many compared to all the NFL players because the ones that are serious, they stick around because yeah. they're doing the prep, they're doing the work.
1: Yeah. Okay. And you know, and I talked, You know, you you asked about show prep, and I've heard people yeah. say, uh, "I've got to start my show prep." It's like start. Uh, you know, I'm doing show prep during the show. Yeah. I mean, it is yeah. so. I I do. I, I, we we were talking before the show, but I I do most of my show prep on my phone. I mean, I have apps for news sources and everything on my phone, and I email myself the articles, and I pour through all those articles, and I read all those things, and I don't know. I don't. There's no start. Show prep never stops. You don't start it. I started it twenty, you know, thirty years ago. That's when I started. No, no, (laughs) no. Show
0: prep. Show prep is your life, right? Yeah,
1: it's everything. All right.
0: so now i want to prove that i listened listen to you during this interview I, I want to do that and i want to do that in a special way so here we go and i know i promised you only one more question but uh, yes. I lied. I'm, not,
1: I'm not doing it i'll stay as long as you need me to
0: <laughs> i so lied so so here here's the question i need to ask you earlier said you don't care if you're wrong you don't you don't mind it being pointed out that you're wrong and i nope. thought at that moment i thought oh my god of course not he's married <laughs> of course she doesn't mind being wrong that's the husband's role even when you're right you're wrong so yes. i have gotta ask when hmm. you talk to your wife does she think you're entertaining
1: probably no. not <laughs> i think my wa- my wife and i have a great relationship and uh, you know we've been married for 26 years and i think of all the laughter that we've had together and it's all you know it's almost the same way as doing a the the career in radio i think of all the fun i've had and my my wife i'm also deferential to my wife because my wife is a speech pathologist um she teaches children who have severe disabilities how to communicate she has worked with uh, communicative devices like stephen hawking used to use uh and things like that and Your wife has a real per- job. my wife has a real job so my yeah. wife uh, i'll come home and it'll be like oh yeah i you know i talked about this topic and we got all these calls and all this happened and my wife will say oh i had a great day this little boy i've been working with for six months said uh. mm. six months ago he couldn't say uh and so mm. my wife provides me my wife and my children provide me with Amazing perspective on everything. And my wife is the smartest, most beautiful human being on the face of the planet. And my children are as wonderful as they are because of her. And every sacrifice that has been made for my career since we've gotten married has been made by her
0: so nice and this message this this message has been approved by casey (laughs) bartholomew
1: absolutely and i will put it in writing and i'll write it in blood if you need me so so
0: so listen that is a thing that just makes everybody go oh my god and (laughs) now i have to turn on you so here it comes this is when i was Uh, wrong (laughs) no no listen this is the toughest question i think for people and, and I want to let you off the hook first before I ask it. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to say this. Uh, nobody knows the future. If you meet somebody who tells you they know the future, know that they are a confirmed liar. Yes. D- d- there's just not predictable. So having said that, how do you see the future of our radio business?
1: Um, I think the future of radio is um, wide open right now, and that probably sounds like a cop out, but we definitely need to be aware of what our role is. We need to embrace the unique nature of radio. Um, we need to accept podcasting uh, and other mediums that are, you know, could only benefit us if we took advantage of them. And, By the way, do you have a podcast today? I didn't. Uh, well, the radio station podcast my show, but I, I um, sure. you know, I, I have a theory on podcasting for radio stations that I'll share if you want to hear it. But let's hear it. I think too many radio stations, um, uh, they use podcasts, they just chop up the day's show and rebroadcast it and say, hey, there's a podcast. I think what we need to start doing uh, in the business is we need to start. Um, telling talent that when you, when you're done with your show, you then spend 20 minutes. Cause I don't think podcasts need to be that long. They can, they can be, it doesn't matter, but I think 20 minutes is good. You take 20 minutes and you sit in a studio and you do your thing for 20 more minutes. That's nothing. Yeah. And you pod and we will podcast that. And then the sales, because you ask about sales, then sales can put some spots on that. And that is a unique program that is not of it. You can still rebroadcast the show. Everybody likes to hear that, especially if they called a, you know, hey, I made Casey look stupid. Listen to this. That's fine. But I should, uh, you know, they should have all your talent sit in the studio for 20 minutes afterwards and riff on something. It doesn't even matter what it is. Bing, 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 bing. Nothing that they did on the air that day. And I'm saying that's this right. as talent, you know. I'm, I'm saying this as someone who was a program director and who is b- back again being talent. Um, it should be fresh, unique stuff that you can do. And if you can't, as a talk show host, if you can't talk for another twenty minutes about something, then you're not a talk show host. <laughs> because that's the easiest thing we do is talk. The hard stuff is prepping and getting the show ready. The fun is actually presenting the show we're offering you know radio stations say you get 20 more minutes of fun turn the mic on record for 20 minutes post it you know or send it to the production room and have them attach commercials to it whatever you know
0: i gotta tell you i think that's brilliant now casey i'm gonna tell you we usually now limit we started out doing these they were hour long yeah. And then we cut them back to like 37 minutes because we thought that was like an appropriate. But for you, I was like, screw it. I'm throwing that <laughs> out the window. I, and and look, it's been so productive for us because you've shared some really amazing things. If people go back and listen to this again, they're going to pick up things that are really amazing.
1: I hope, you know, I was just looking podcasters. at the clock. I was just looking at the clock. I. It feels like we've only been doing this about 20 minutes. That's you know? great. Right. So, beca- uh, because being on the air is fun fun. having fun you're doing it wrong
0: (laughs) that's right casey i want to thank you for being our guest today
1: thank you so much for having me anytime you want me back just give me a call
0: oh you just said something terrible for yourself right there you signed yourself up i like it Listen, get free resources to help your sellers with our encouraging sales success series inside the free blog at rainmakerpathway.com anytime we're here to encourage radio pros at all levels by the way that does include creativity but you just heard a lot about from Casey do something original be innovative. It's going to be okay. Remember, if you know somebody who you would like to hear as a guest on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally, it's so easy. Email me, F-O-R-D at Rainmakerpathway.com. By the way, uh, we hope you have a great week. Like we always say at Rainmaker Pathway and on the Radio Rally, once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. I can prove that, by the way. If you want to know more, please don't hesitate reach out we want to thank our special guest for this podcast episode Casey Bartholomew who just happens to have the same last name as the Bayou that I was born on Uh, he is with WBAP legendary station of Dallas for being our special and giving guest a very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the encouragers the Radio Rally podcast which will be available in minutes or even sooner in JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Please do share the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in audio and radio. Subscribe for free anytime on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. If you don't remember anything else from this episode, remember this, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the radio rally with the encouragers and good night.